just remember what I said. There is hope for you yet. Three weeks ago, there was a robbery in Auburn, South Dakota. Four out of five men have been apprehended. One man has left. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Pekovich, and this is episode number 251. Out on October 4 in select cinemas across the United States and on video on demand worldwide is The Parts You Lose, an equally heartwarming and heartbreaking drama that tells the story of a lonely young deaf boy who prefers a potentially dangerous fugitive, an emotional and compl- uh, complicated <clears throat> an emotional story about the importance of father figures and the need for connection. The parts you lose need to be seen by everyone, and I'm happy to say joining me now is the film's director, Christopher Cartwood. Christopher, I thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me be here. So i got to say, um, The Parts You Lose joins the select number of films that made me weep at its conclusion. Um, this is such a emotional story. And what really struck me when I was watching it was not only the detail of the movie, but also the intimacy of it, um, this portrayal of the lead character, especially the family dynamics that is happening in this film. Is that something that really spoke to you as well when you read the script? Uh, yeah, I did. You know, I, I read the script by Darren Lemke, and and uh, uh, that really struck me was was the family uh, aspect of the of the film that that the film wasn't limited to Wesley's um, disability or his deafness. Um, that that the story was about a young boy who felt isolated in uh, a lot of ways. Um, if anything, um, the least of which was his deafness. So I thought that that was fascinating from an emotional perspective for the main character. This is a film that has a great cast, Aaron Paul, Mary Elizabeth Weinstein, um, Scoot McNeary, but to me it's it's Danny Murphy who plays Wesley. He really stands out, and it's one of those incredible roles where, um, due to the nature of his disability, of course he can't say die to dialogue, but regardless of that, he says so many things uh, in his performance, which I think it just shows a really great talent from him. Um, he's from Britain, is that correct? Uh, he is from the UK, yes, Northern England. So how did you find him to work in this movie? Uh, well, you know, our casting directors, uh, Sharon Bialy and Sharon, Sherry Thomas, um, who I've worked with previously on Halt and Catch Fire, my TV show for AMC, uh, they put out a, a nationwide search, which was uh, interesting because it was limited to the United States and Canada, um, at least in theory, uh, where we we searched for um, young talent that would fit the role. Um, you know, we got several responses back, and, and Sharon and Sherry called through hundreds of submission videos, but Danny uh, was going to boarding school in northern England, and he found the video himself, and so he actually filmed himself against pages of the screenplay that we had posted for auditions, and uh, Sherry and Sharon... To their great credit, saw something you know quite striking in him, and then actually asked him to re-record with someone reading the lines against him, which he did with a teacher at his school. Mm-hmm. And we were so impressed with him that we asked him to fly to Winnipeg 
to audition. And at that point, he he told us that he had to ask his parents because he hadn't told them yet. <laughs> uh, so he he reached out to his folks, and and they were obviously wonderful and very supportive. And so they came to Winnipeg with him and and auditioned with me. And uh, uh, we cast him from there because he was he was so incredible in person. And I, I even pushed him a little bit in the audition process and, you know, kind of altered some things here and there and, and just tried to see what his limits were. And, and, and he was fantastic. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we cast him straight away and, and he took some time off school and, and, uh, and joined us in Canada. I got to love the, the gumption on, on his part to, to do all of that. And I think it's really interesting because often you hear stories about actors, older actors, especially, um, trying to snag that big role and usually they take it upon themselves to send in an audition tape even even though a lot of people say not to so uh, I think you've got to really love what, what Danny did there is it true um, that and this probably speaks to ignorance on my part in the whole process that because he's from the UK when he signs when he does sign language um, that he had to kind of relearn how to do the American style sign language in order to play the character because from what I read, it was almost as if he was signing through a thick accent. Is that correct? Yes. So, um, and this was something I didn't know either to my own uh, ignorance, which was that, uh, you know, firstly, the, the character Wesley in the film, he lives in North Dakota, so he needs to be speaking ASL, right? American sign language. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny is from the UK, so he speaks VSL, uh, which is British sign language. Furthermore, there are dialectical components that can show up in people's sign language depending on where they're from. And uh, Danny is from uh, northern UK uh, around uh, Newcastle, I believe. And so when he arrived in Canada, our translators who were working with him on set and our liaison actually had a little difficulty communicating with him at first because they said it was like he was speaking with the equivalent of a thick Scottish brogue. So he, which I thought was fascinating, but it, yes, he, he relearned his lines in ASL and, and, uh, kind of retrained himself, uh, for the character and, and spoke that way in the film. And then obviously it's, it's very different from the way he, he normally speaks, uh, in his, in his real life. It's so very interesting. The the whole, the whole thing, that, that whole thing just really just blew my mind when I read it because of course, it is very much ignorant on my part to, to think that sign language is universal all over the world because, you know, different people from different parts of the world speak, even in, when they speak the same language, I speak, speak in different ways. Um, I'm really curious, though, that the job between, one of the jobs between the director and his cast and his crew is that of communication. Um, when it came to communicating with Danny, I'm sure that you would have used someone, had someone on hand to, to be able to, to, to sign with him, maybe his parents, maybe someone else. But you yourself, did you pick up on anything in regards to sign language that you used during the process of the movie? Yes. You know, we, we didn't want to just kind of enter the process of the film. None of us, uh, anybody on the crew uh, or the producers or anyone, want to just uh, not take any effort to, to learn how to speak to Danny directly. Uh, we wanted to make him feel comfortable on set. Uh, I gave a speech at the beginning of shooting that this was going to be his set. Uh, on the on the tech rehearsal, I wanted to make sure that he felt absolutely comfortable just as a person, and then also, you know, to make sure that we got the best performance out of him. He needed to feel relaxed and and comfortable with everybody. So, myself and our uh, our our AD uh, Reed McKayef, who is a Winnipeg native, um, went about 
printing out uh, common phrases in sign language that we would post all over the production um, offices and also on set and encouraged everybody on set to learn them so that they could at least communicate with Danny on a, on a rudimentary level, say, hi, good morning, you know, that was great, how are you, are you cold, <laughs> things like that that were really important, um, you know, and then Reed really took it upon himself to to become almost semi-fluent in sign language. I was really impressed with the way Reed tackled that. Um, you know, and then I, I developed a shorthand with Danny just so I could communicate with him quickly in terms of direction. You know, we, we developed a sign that was specific for the character, the name Wesley, and, and you know, then I would convey to him what, what I wanted to do in terms of dialing things up, dialing things down, um, you know, also to make sure he he was able to communicate with us in terms of stopping or saying, I need a break. Um, and then we also had wonderful translators on set. We had about two or three um, translators that would that would work with Danny throughout the day. We also had a liaison from the Winnipeg Deaf Center. And then we also had a set teacher for him. And then we would have one of his parents uh, around um, to, to make sure he had absolutely everything he needed. So, you know, the character Wesley... Um, can, uh, can read lips, but but Danny cannot. So we had uh, we had translators just off screen in his eye line that um, that could sign to him what other characters were saying, um, you know, Aaron or Scoot or Mary, um, so that he could respond accordingly. But you know, Danny took it upon himself to absolutely memorize the entire script, so he knew um, when someone stopped talking what what they were saying and how to respond. So my oldest son has autism, and through that, he's a school child, he's seven years old, uh, in grade one now, and I understand how the struggles that he goes through when he goes to school, um, there's the taunting at times, there's the confusion, and what I really thought that your movie did so well is to depict the life of a kid with a disability, especially in a school setting, in a family home. Um, how important was it to make sure that you got that down pat when you told Danny's story? Because this is very much a story told through his eyes. Uh, it was extremely to- important to us. I think it was paramount. You know, we wanted this story to be authentic. We wanted um, the portrayal to be respectful. Um, and you know what I love that Darren did was um, he made he made Danny just like any of us. I think that that was that was important. And I, when I say Danny, I mean Wesley. Wesley, yes. Uh, I, yeah, I, I I think that the character is is a child that's experiencing isolation and loneliness he's looking to find his place um at school and and at home just like anybody else you know i think that the the disabilities or special needs that that the other children have at the school are almost beside the point that this is a story that um that's just one color or specificity in terms of how the story is being told you know it's a story of a of a of a kid who um is quite poor and maybe doesn't fit in with other kids at the school, and some of them have taken to picking on him, just like can happen at any school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that Darren's Darren's crafting of that was was really beautiful, and and it's something that I wanted to to port directly into the film. Um, but I also wanted to make sure we got all the details right. Um, and so, yeah, we did a lot of research, and we we did a lot of you know talking to Danny, and we. We worked a lot with the, the community in Winnipeg to make sure that everything felt correct, and uh, you know it was it was quite a wonderful experience to work with work with everybody like that, and um, to tell a story that that didn't focus necessarily on someone's perceived 
I don't know, lack of ability and, and make that define the character. You know, I think that the character of Wesley is is deaf, but that's really one part of him. He's also the son of a farmer. He's also lonely. He also doesn't have a lot of friends. He's uh, got a, a, a wonderful interior mind. He's got a great connection with his mother. He has a sister. He he has a caring heart. I mean, all of these things define him. It's not just one thing that defines him, and I think that that's extremely important. Not when just telling this story, but any story about anybody that has what what might be perceived as advantages or disadvantages when it comes to quote unquote normal life, which I don't even think is such a uh, a real thing. Oh no, not, oh, no. So, not, not, not any whatsoever. I mean, normal life. I mean, you know, if you're going to say normal life, what shade of grey are you picking at any type of day? You know, I mean, it, exactly. Yes. Um, what I really found interesting about the film as well is uh, the the film talks about um, father figures. Um, I think it's really essential to Wesley's story. He, of course, does his character does have a father. It's played by Scoot McNary. Um, the relationship there is very much one that's there's a separation um, and that's why there's no doubt why he reaches out and helps Aaron Paul's character uh, in the movie um, I I got two boys like I said one of them is autism so I, li- I listen to a lot of podcasts read a lot of books in regards to raising kids and especially kids with like learning uh, difficulties and such and the thing that's always brought up in regards to that is the importance of a, like a male figure in a boy's life, especially when they're young, because while kids, boys especially, do have that kind of testosterone thing, the Y gene is actually can be very fragile as well. You know, kids need guidance when they're younger, and sometimes they seek that out. In regards to Wesley, he seeks it out perhaps in the wrong place. Um, that whole aspect in regards to male bonding and father figures in a movie, um, how do you think that important that is in regards to the telling of this story especially since what is really central to this movie is the relationship between Aaron Paul's character and uh, and and Danny Murphy's character um you know I and I think this is where I might differentiate or 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 go to a different direction than maybe Darren intended with the script um but I I, I think that um what I wanted to highlight in the film is that there's a dark side to male bonding uh I wanted to highlight that um, men can be dangerous and almost instinctually dangerous. And and whether they like it or not, the byproduct of some of that bonding or some of that mentoring or some of that father and son relationship is passing on that inclination to violence to their children. Mm-hmm. And um, that to me is very important. And I, 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 you know, I have two boys as well. I have a six year old and a two year old. And, you know, I, I was raised by a, a father who has stories of his father, you know, and a lot of the stories are either, you know, fighting or drinking. <laughs> and, and that gets passed down as kind of this legend. And I find myself having to be careful what, what gets passed down to, to my kids. And I think that when I talked to Scoot and when I talked to Aaron, it was that I wanted to move the father, Ronnie, um, closer to the edge of, of empathy for the audience, and I wanted to move the man, Aaron's character, closer to the edge of someone who might be truly dangerous and dark for Danny to be around. I think that what defines the two men are really their situations in life more than anything. I think if you put the character of the man in Ronnie's shoes and had him be you know, the, the, the son of a farmer and trying to scrape money together for his family and the farm is defunct and he, and he had a son he couldn't communicate with, he might, he might act the, the same way that, that we see Ronnie act. And, and it, if, 
Ronnie were somebody who had a carefree existence and who could, you know, live live without any rules and try to, you know, rob a bank and, and uh, you know, define his own life, he might get to be the, the mystical kind of magic creature that, that a young boy finds on a river. Um, I, I think that it's the situation that really defines these two men, and I think they, eat, they both leave their mark on, on the boy, and I think that it's a good thing and a bad thing. I think they're both dangerous guys, and I think that sometimes they can't help it, and I do think that they both love Wesley, but at the same time... Um, that love comes with uh, a mark of damage that I think um, will leave some scar tissue on on that boy as he grows up. I think the, what I really picked up, though, from the relationship between Wesley and the man is that the man listened, where his father, Wesley's father, didn't so much listen because he couldn't talk to his son. Um, he refused to sign for one, one thing, for example, where the man was very open to it and did it. Now, he could have used that, of course, for manipulative purposes, which, of course, he did uh, throughout the film. Don't give away too much. If I give away too much, by the way, Christopher, let me know, and I can give away, uh, take away and post. But what I found really essential between the the relationship between uh, Wesley and the man is that, and the reason why he kept coming back and kept helping him, for example, was because... There was a there was a bonding there that didn't ha- happen between Wesley and his father. Was that, is that something that would be accurate? Absolutely, yeah. And, and I don't mean to take away from the relationship between the man and Wesley. I think that it's profound in the movie. But I think in order to make it complex and more realistic, um, I wanted to make sure that you also felt that um, that damage of violence that had passed through whatever generations you'd felt between the man um, and his father, which is touched upon in the film. You know, is 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 inevitably going to end up um, between him and Wesley in some way, which it does. And I, I think that, um, yeah, I, I think that it's really just the the ratio of of connection. And, and obviously, I think the man, uh, at least at this moment in time in his life, is is more open to this boy. And uh, I think that this boy makes himself more readily available to the man for that reason. Um, and I think that the relationship with his father might be too far gone. So it's 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 something really interesting to explore in his relationships with the male figures in the film. It was it was profoundly important to me that triangle of the man and Wesley and his father uh, and Wesley. And I, I think that uh, you know just like his relationship to his mother, played by Mary, um, these are all defining characteristics and and relationships in in Wesley's life. And uh, it's the sum total of those things that will give him the strength he needs as he moves on to his life and also uh, take away uh, and chip away at his spirit or his soul a little bit as he moves through life. You know, hence the title of the film. Yes, of course. Um, Aaron Paul's performance in it is very interesting because it's it's uh, one of those kind of razor-edge kind of performances. He could t- tiptoe either way depending on where the scene goes. And you mentioned before um, the man's relationship that he had with his own father. There's this excellent kind of dialogue uh, excellent monologue, sorry, um, in the movie, um, which has a sinister tone to it, but it's also very confessional in its way as well. Um, when talking to Aaron about how you wanted to approach that kind of role, was it always the intention to make sure that there was a kind of like an uneasiness kind of like underneath the surface, even in the times when he was very uh, receptive to uh, to Wesley, he was there as kind of like a, a you know, kind of like a mentor of sorts in a certain way, that there was 
always the chance that this tiger could bite at any moment? Yes, absolutely. I think from the very beginning, Aaron and I spoke about that. I, I think that, you know, I think what really convinced me that Aaron saw this character the exact same way I did was when Aaron said, this is a really bad guy. Mm. <laughs> um, and I think it's inferred that, that this guy is probably a killer. Uh, and we didn't want to lose that. We didn't want to. We didn't want to disregard that edge and 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 totally give way to to sentimentality and and sappiness. I think there's a there's a, a version of this story that could go the other way and 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 kind of feel a little hallmarky. And we did not want to do that. And I think that we wanted to speak to what was in the script, which is it, it never it never went all the way there. You know, it, it felt much more realistic. And so, um, you know, I I. I talked to Aaron and we agreed upon him playing the man as bad as possible. Um, you know, where I said, basically, you know, be a jerk to this kid. And I knew because it was Aaron that he would still bring the warmth uh, that the character would have because he's Aaron. And I, I think that it speaks volumes to Aaron um, how he how he brings characters like this to life on screen. Obviously, you watch every season of Breaking Bad and you you love Jesse um, for every bad thing he does. And, and you get the sense that he loves Walt as much as Walt abuses him. And I think that, um, the same is true here, you know, but, but he gets to be the Walt this time. (laughs) And I think that, uh, uh, that was really fun for him. And, and the bond is going to come through the screen no matter what Aaron does. And so I knew that, um, he could give as little as possible and we would get everything we need. Um, and I think that was that was uh, that was key to that relationship on screen. Final question here, uh, Christopher. Um, to me, a film's setting oftentimes can very much play a character just as much as any of its like you know actors um, do. And in this case, the, although the film was filmed uh, in Winnipeg, Canada, the setting is North Dakota. North Dakota, and North Dakota is a is a is sparingly used in cinema. Once upon a time, on my pop up Fargo, for example, has some uh, as as that element yep. in it. Um, the whole aspect of this kind of like, and I think no doubt it speaks to the loneliness of the characters as well. But the elements working against them, it's snow, snow driven, uh, bleak winter kind of landscapes. Using that as a kind of like a narrative in regards to uh, where the characters are at and also as kind of like a, a way to kind of keep the characters kind of bundled together as well. How important was it to, for, how important is it for setting to kind of bring about a film's, uh, especially a drama's and narratives forward? I think location is always extremely important to, to any story you're telling. I just, I like to really lean heavily on location to help inform the story, to help uh, put parameters in, in what the characters can do, what they can't do, um, how they're feeling. Um, you know, I think natural setting affects all of us in, in ways that we might not even realize just in terms of emotion, in terms of our outlook. Uh, the setting of North Dakota and the way it was described in the script by Darren, um, I thought was very striking. And North Dakota, at least where the story takes place, is only about an hour and a half from Winnipeg mm. and uh, from the border of Manitoba, at least. So it's very similar. Um, and so we were basically shooting in the location as it was on script. It was just uh, we had to change some some road signs here and there. Uh, the 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 setting um, really, as you said, helped us isolate the characters, helped bring almost a little bit of a western feel to the script, to the movie. Um, even though it's the snow, you you get that sparseness that you get in a western that I think is great. You're able to boil the characters down almost to archetypes by isolating them so much. 
um, and really go to those basic elements, um, you're able to photograph some obviously very beautiful things. As much as it takes a toll on the crew, um, you know, I think over Christmas it was negative 40 degrees Celsius. It was colder in Winnipeg than it was on Mars over Christmas that year, which wow. was pretty incredible. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you can do so much with that. You can, you can, you can have the characters hole up in a barn and have them be freezing and have the only warmth, warmth in the scene be actually the emotion between them. Uh, whether it's Wesley and his mother or Wesley and the man, uh, you can, you can feel the chill of the father being alone. Um, the the violence almost feels uh, scarier and harsher just because uh, it's in the frozen north. I mean, um, everything kind of has a sharp edge to it when things are that cold, and I, I really liked that. And we tried to channel that in 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 the production design, which I thought was brilliant from uh, our production designer uh, Rajan Labrie and and our cinematographer Evans Brown. You know, just just bringing that kind of feel to the entire film. Um, where nothing feels warm and those little glimmers of warmth or those little glimmers of light really speak volumes and you, you can feel the characters being drawn to that warmth almost like a, a moth to a flame. Um, and that sometimes gets them into trouble. And, and, and I, I just can't speak, I can't speak uh, more highly of that location, um, both on screen, you know, uh, just the way it could photograph. And then also the crew was fantastic. And, you know, Winnipeg has an, has an oddball kind of reputation in Canada, but I, I really liked it. And uh, I, I made some really good, um, I hope, lifelong friends there. Um, and, uh, you know, one day I'll, I'll hopefully go back and shoot something there. And I want to shoot something that's actually set in Winnipeg. I think it would be really fascinating and fun. Uh, it was a good location. Well, it was a terrific uh, location in a, in a terrific movie. Chris, I really loved The Parts You Lose. And for everyone out there listening, October 4, select cinemas across the United States and also on video on demand. Do watch it. Um, and I, I really do think that young Danny Murphy is going to have a bright future ahead of him. And um, and yourself, Christopher, this is uh, one of your uh, really big breakout movies as well. So congratulations to you and uh, hopefully uh, all the best with the film going forward. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.